A news column stated yesterday that Joe Biden had released the four horsemen of the apocalypse, stating that conquest, war, famine, and pestilence have now come on the world because of his failure as a president. Is this true? Are we about to see the Battle of Armageddon? Join me today as we look at the seals of Revelation on End of the Age. Hello and welcome to End of the Age. I'm Doug Norvell. I'm glad to have you with me today. Once again, I'm filling in for uh, Dave and Vince. Of course, Vince usually joins me here live on the show, but uh, they are in a board meeting yesterday and today uh, and trying to take care of some of the business aspects of End of the Age ministry here. And so I'm happy to fill in uh, today. You know, I told you yesterday at the end of the program that I was going to try to have something fun and exciting for today. So I think I might have found it. So um, this article that I'm talking about in the intro there, it's very interesting. It comes from PJ Media from yesterday's article by Robert Spencer. It says that Joe Biden unleashes the four horsemen of the apocalypse war, conquest, famine, and pestilence. It's the Biden years. So the four horses... The four horses and the four afflictions of conquest, war, famine, pestilence uh, neatly encapsulate the administration of Joe Biden. Old Joe himself is to a great degree responsible for the impression as he seems to like the sound of apocalyptic notes. He certainly has done so more than once, particularly when he declared on December 16th of 2021 for unvaccinated we are looking at a winner of severe illness and death well if you're unvaccinated for themselves their family and the hospitals will soon be overwhelmed that was what joe biden said if you remember back earlier this year letting us know that we were going to have a very dark winter so there by biden's pestilence Yes, COVID-19 came upon the world during the Trump years, but Biden promised to end it and turned out to be yet another one of his empty promises. With Anthony Fauci threatening that more rigid restrictions are in the offing, pestilence looks as if it's going to be a permanent feature of the Biden era. The Biden famine is more of a threat than a reality as of yet, but it could come any day now. Biden said Thursday, with regard to a food shortage, yes, we did talk about food shortages, and uh, it's going to be real. That's a quote by Biden. I just want to let you know. (laughs) The price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including the European countries and our country as well. Biden's war is obvious. It is happening in the Ukraine now. And however much the establishment media tries to blame Trump for Putin invading 
the Ukraine and pretend that Trump would be applauding his move if he were still president. The intellectual fact remains that Putin moved against Ukraine and occupied Crimea while Barack Obama was the president and did nothing while Donald Trump was the president. And he launched this present invasion while old Joe Biden was pretending to be president. And conquest? Look at the people streaming into the country across uh, what is officially known as the southern border. If they keep coming at the rate they came in 2021, Biden's threat to transform America fundamentally will be a reality. So this is an article. Like I said, it was uh, it's an opinion piece, as you can tell, because there's a lot of uh, satire in there and what they're talking about. But the premise of what they're saying there is that Joe Biden has actually fulfilled the prophecy of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So when I come across that today, I got to looking because there's a lot of prophecy teachers out there that teach uh, what this article talks about as if it's something that is going to happen uh, in the near future. So is that what is really happening in our world right now? If you don't understand the prophecies of the Bible, you might be easily swayed by stories like this. You know, we talked yesterday about uh, faith and, and not having fear and having um, the opportunity to go through some of the things that we could look forward to uh, stocking up on and, and having just around your home in case of emergencies. So today what I want to look at is I want to look at the scriptures in the Bible and, and Revelation to see how these seals really play out. So we've got a quick clip. Let's look at this clip. This is an intro. I'm going to have Brother Baxter actually help me out with today's show. So let's go to that clip now. The title for today's lesson, The Seven Seals. This is one of the most incredible prophecies in the entire Bible. Now, first of all, as a reminder, the book of Revelation is built around three groups of seven. Seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vials. The prophecy of the seals is given in Revelation chapter number six, verse number one through Revelation chapter eight, verse number five. As an overview, so that we can think ahead as we follow along, the first seal is the white horse, the second, the red horse, the third, a black horse, the fourth, a pale horse. Seal number five, find souls under the altar. Number six, the heavens depart like a scroll. And number seven, there is one half hour silence in heaven. The first four seals are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There have been many prophecies about the four horsemen. There have been books written about it. There have been movies made about it. Today, we are going to understand the identity of the four horsemen of the apocalypse contained in Revelation chapter six, verse one through eight. Now we're going to walk through this so you can hear the text for yourself. First of all, the white horse in Revelation six, verse one through two. The second horse is the red horse. That account is written in verse three and four of chapter six. Horse number three, the black horse, 
Revelation 6, verse 5 and 6. Then the fourth horse, the last horse. It was described as the pale horse in verse 7 and 8 of Revelation 6. Okay, so there's our introduction to what we're going to be talking about today. Like I said, I'm going to use Brother Baxter's video from our Revelation series to help me teach this today. And he'll explain some of the prophecies and I'll go through the Bible with him. So stay with us. After the break, we'll jump right into the Bible study. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com slash Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com slash Ukraine or 800-363-8463. I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Doug Norvell, and if you're just joining me, I just to let you know, uh, we started off the program with a story that uh, a columnist wrote yesterday saying that Joe Biden had unleashed the uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse uh, heading us straight into the Battle of Armageddon. So what we wanted to do today is go into the book of Revelation, talk about the four horsemen, and I'm using the study of uh, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, our Revelation uh, commentary today to help with that. So we're going to jump right into the Bible here. This prophecy starts in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. And it says, And I saw when the Lamb had opened one of the seals, and I heard as if it were the noise of thunder, and one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw... And behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. 
And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked and beheld a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Most prophecy books have said that the white horse, the conqueror, is the Antichrist, the red horse is war, and the black horse is famine, and the pale horse is death. However, if the black horse was famine and the pale horse kills with hunger, well, that's also famine. They would be the same thing. So as we get into this today, Pastor Baxter is going to explain it to us a little bit better. So here's our second video. As I was attempting to understand what in the world these four horses symbolize, we know that most of the book of Revelation is written in symbols, but they are symbols that are meant to be understood. Throughout my studies of Bible prophecy, I have learned that if I can find more than one account of the same prophecy, which does happen many times in Scripture, you can take the different accounts and bring them together and what one particular account of the prophecy does not tell you, another account of the prophecy will tell you. Well, fortunately, there's another account of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This account was written 600 years before in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah, chapter number six, verse one through eight. Now, it's really interesting that the account in the New Testament is Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. In the Old Testament, it's Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. We're not going to read the entire Zechariah prophecy, but let me just tell you what's there. There are four horses there. In Zechariah, they're depicted as pulling chariots. But it's the colors that are important. Because in Zechariah, there's a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, And then the King James Version says grizzled and bay. Other versions say the strong horses. Now, remember, in Revelation, it's the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. So the colors match. And that's what's really important because the colors are highly significant. But we still have to answer the question, what is all of this? Can we make any sense of this prophecy of the horses and their riders. Well, Zechariah gives us the big clue. In Zechariah chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. Okay, so further information regarding their identity, like um, Brother Baxter said, can be found in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah 6, 
1 through 8, which is written five or 600 years prior to the book of Revelation. So he, he said to notice that uh, in Zechariah 6, 4, uh, that scripture says, Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord in the earth. The horses are four spirits that go into the world, and they are to be unleashed in the are they to be unleashed in the future, or have they already been unleashed? The answer is important because if they are already in the world, they are affecting your life now. They're affecting our schools, our governments, and they're controlling world politics. So let's see if we can identify those spirits that are in the world. And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. There it is, the big clue. What are these horses and their riders? These are four spirits. What could that mean? What, what spirits could we associate with white and red and black and pale? Does any of this make any sense? As I thought on these things, thinking of spirits that go through nations, that capture the hearts and the minds of men, that cause people to do what they do, that even causes nations to go to war. I realized one day there is a major international belief system whose official color is red. Yes, communism. Red is the symbol of communism. When you see it, it's easy. Red China, red Russia, red Romania. It was common back in the Cold War era to actually put on the prefix red before communist countries. So communism is the red spirit that goes forth and it does capture whole nations, putting the people under its influence. Now in Revelation chapter number six, verse four, we read about the red horse and its rider. Listen to it again. Okay, so Revelation 6, 4 says, And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. There's a spirit in the world today that transcends these national boundaries and has a powerful influence Upon our world. It's a red spirit. It's associated with a form of government, and that government's called communism. Back in the 50s and 60s, at the height of the Cold War, any nation that was in the Soviet sphere of influence and under the communist form of government was known as a red nation. Red China is another example of a country with this spirit. So, however, let's see if the rest of the clues of this verse fit. Power was given to him that set thereon to take peace from the earth. Has communism taken peace from the earth? (laughs) Absolutely it has. Wherever a communist um, has gone, there has been a revolution. No matter what country you talk about, each time communist asserts itself, uh, it takes peace from the earth. And then the next thing uh, that it says, and 
that they should kill one another. We see this happening right now with the Russian-Ukrainian war. Not only does a communist uh, revolution overthrow governments and take power, but communists fight conflicts among themselves. I mean, we see this right now with what's going on in Ukraine, what we see on our news every day, and how Russia has moved in there. And the stories from our news media tell us that Russia is just basically conquering that government. So we see that with this red spirit, with this communist spirit. Since 1948, when the Chinese communists took over, there have been 60 million people butchered in political purges. Under Stalin, 20 million were slaughtered in political purges of the Soviet Union. So then it says, And there was given unto him a great sword. So in other words, a great military might was given him. So think about for a second what it says about that one world government in Revelation 13, uh, 1 and 2, where it talks about that one world government beast. And remember that it has the body of the leopard and the feet of the bear. And you think about the military power that Russia has. And when I think of the feet... I think of a military marching, you know, the term boots on the ground. So you can kind of see how that one world government beast will have this Russian bear that will be a military power there. And we know that that beast in Revelation 13 is a communist beast. It's a red beast. All right. So what would happen if the United States would go to war tomorrow against red China and Russia together. I mean, think about what's going on right now in the world. China has a treaty with Russia. They have an alliance with Russia. They've done uh, war games with Russia to practice fighting the United States of America, not only Russia and China, but also Iran. But those two red powers, those two communist powers, have incredible military might. Communism is a red power that Almighty God prophesied in Revelation 6. So let's see if the other horses fit in. Let's look at the black horse in Revelation 6, verse 5 says, And lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. The red horse rider had a sword, meaning revolution. But instead of a weapon... The black horse rider has a pair of balances in his hand. Balances indicate commerce. They're used to measure an item being bought or sold. This spirit in the world today is very similar to communism, but it's a message of trade. It's called capitalism. Here's our next video. We had communism all during the Cold War. And communism had a counterpart. The nations that were not under communist domination were under capitalist domination. Now, the rider on the black horse had a pair of balances. Balances, that's a symbol of trade and commerce, whether you're weighing out wheat or barley or steel or aluminum or whatever. Capitalist society thrives on trade. Pair of balances. Then Revelation 6, 6 says a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and whatever you do, do not hurt the oil and the wine. What's that about? A stock market report. 
Dow Jones Industrials up so much, AT&T down so much. And remember this, and it's the economy, stupid. The slogan for the presidential campaign of Bill Clinton back in the early 90s. Why did he say that? Because in a capitalist society, you can do almost anything and get reelected, except hurt the economy. You hurt the economy and you're going to be tossed out of office because in capitalist societies, people vote their pocketbook. Hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, as I wrestled with this possibility, I wanted to make sure I was really solid in what I understood. It was about the time of German elections. This was way back in 1966. And as I was following German elections, because I think Germany has a central role to play in end-time prophecy, there were two main parties running for power, the Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats. Well, when the election was held, neither one won a majority. There was a small splinter party called the Free Democratic People's Party, or the FDP, and they controlled about 7% of the vote, but they had the balance of power so that neither the Christian Democrats nor the Social Democrats could put together a government. As I was reading in Time Magazine way back in 1966, about this, I was stunned to read this quote. In reporting on the two major parties, they finally got tired of dealing with the small splinter party, the FDP. They got together and they decided they would just combine the two big parties and put a government together that way. Here's what Time Magazine said. A grand coalition of the two major parties, the Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats that have bitterly fought each other for years. A union, listen close, a union of black and red. It was a marriage of convenience, but a stunning match nonetheless. That was Time Magazine, December the 9th, 1966. And that's when I understood that it's not just my own idea that capitalism and democracy is the black power, but that's actually recognized in journalistic circles and in diplomatic circles. Just like communism is the red power, capitalism is the black power. So God, when he wanted to speak to you and me about communism and capitalism, he used horses of the color. These are the official colors of communism and capitalism. Isn't that something? Look how God used that and showed that to Brother Baxter, and it's right there on the cover of a Time magazine. We'll talk about more when we come back from the break. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Doug Norvell, and if you're just joining me at the bottom of the hour, uh, Vince is uh, in a board meeting today with Dave, and they are uh, working with our board and uh, just taking care of some of the business aspects of the ministry today. So I'm filling in for uh, them uh, solo alone. <laughs> and so uh, I'm back today and we're talking about the four horsemen of the Revelation chapter 6. An article was written about Joe Biden yesterday saying that he had unleashed uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse and that we would see Armageddon soon. So today we're just kind of going down through the Bible. We're explaining how uh, these are spirits that were loosed into the world and uh, it's an ideology that has gone out in different places. And uh, we've talked about the red spirit being communism. We've talked about the black spirit uh, being capitalism. And now we're going to move on to the next horse to consider is the white horse and its rider. And this is what it says in verse 2. It says, And behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, but no arrows. He has weapons, but he's not firing live ammunition. There's a third spirit in the world today that is very comparable to the communism and capitalism, and that spirit is Catholicism. In his book, Communism, Democracy, and Catholic power, author Paul Blanchard said, almost every conflict between nations in modern history has been produced by conflicts among three powers, communism, democracy, and Catholicism. So in our next video, Pastor Baxter is going to explain how he came to understand that the white horse represents Catholicism. I came across another book called Keys of This Blood by Malachi Martin, probably the foremost Roman Catholic writer of the 20th century, wrote like 25 books. He was a Catholic insider. He was a Jesuit priest. He taught in Vatican College for six years. He was an intimate friend with Pope John Twenty-Third. And when his book came out, by then I had interviewed Malachi Martin several times on my radio program. And when his book came out, I bought it right away. What he said in his book 
stunned me. Now, remember the book was entitled The Keys of This Blood. And when I opened the book and began to read in the very first chapter, here's what Malachi Martin said. The question is not, is there going to be a world government? That's a settled issue because all nations are now interdependent. The only question is, who will rule it? Now remember, Paul Blanchard said there are three geopolitical powers. And now Malachi Martin, written 50 years after Paul Blanchard's book, Malachi Martin said there are three and only three geopolitical powers with the necessary doctrine and structure to rule a world government. He said those three are communism, capitalism, and Catholicism. Well, in the 1990s, by then, we were hearing a lot about the New World Order. And Malachi Martin was wrestling with what entities on the planet could rule over a one world government. Oh, by the way, the Bible prophesies a world government is coming. And he concluded that there were three, Catholicism, communism, and capitalism. Now I had to find out if in fact, the white spirit is Catholicism. I began to research. Here's what I found out. I found out one, the Pope wears white. It's the policy of the church. I'm assuming it's because White has always been a color of holiness, and the Pope is called His Holiness. So the Pope wears white. The Pope's helicopter is white. The Pope's Pope mobile is white. That's the vehicle they created for the Pope, a bulletproof vehicle, after the assassination attempt on Pope John, the, uh, Pope John Paul II uh, back in the early 1980s. And then the Pope has an airplane donated by Alitalia Airlines, and it's white. And I thought, you know, if the Pope had a horse, what color would it be? Obviously, white. So I come to find out that white is the official color of Catholicism. So the white horse spirit is Catholicism. Right, so now we've looked at the red horse, the black horse, and the white horse. Now, there's something that uh, is amazing about what Pastor Baxter just said in that clip, and he talked about uh, Malachi Martin and how he said that a world government was coming. And of course, now you know we we hear a lot about that uh, uh, right now, particularly because just the other day, our President Joe Biden said that uh, there was a new world order coming and that the United States needed to to lead us into that. So right now we're looking at a president over this nation right now that is calling for a new world order. Of course, this is something that's been uh, being said for quite a while now. Since the fall of the Berlin Wall, they've been talking about it. But it's amazing when you begin to look at things uh, and and the people that were involved in the talks about this um, new world order. You had our president at the time, you had Mikhail Gorbachev, and you had the Pope. They all talked about that. It's amazing because right there, just in those talks about a new world order, about the fall of the Berlin Wall, it involved these three spirits that we've talked about already. And Pastor Baxter said in that clip there, he talked about a world government is prophesied in your Bible. 
Well, we know that Revelation 13 talks about that world government. I touched on it well ago, talking about how the uh, Russian bear would be the feet of that world government. But there's also another uh, prophecy within the book of um, Revelation chapter 13 that talks about a second beast. And the second beast was like a lamb, but he spoke as the dragon. And that beast is the one that's going to cause the world to wonder after the first beast. He's going to cause the world to worship the beast and to take the mark of the beast. Now, there's some clues that are hidden in there. One of the things that are there is he'll look like a lamb. When we think about a lamb, we think about Jesus being the lamb of God. And so one of those clues that it's talking about there is this person will look like the lamb or a lamb. So he'll represent Jesus. He'll be somebody who wants you to believe that he's a representative of Jesus. If you remember back in Matthew 24, Jesus said that many false prophets would come in my name and not to be fooled by these things. Well, Revelation chapter 13 tells us that this second beast is the false prophet and this false prophet will do miracles and signs and wonders that will make people follow after the world government and the Antichrist. It also says that this uh, false prophet looks like a lamb, but he speaks like the dragon. So he's going to be completely in line with the one world government and what the one world government stands for. So we're understanding from that scripture that this is going to be one of the most recognized religious leaders in the world. And so when you think of one of the most recognized religious leaders in the world, who do you think of? You would think of the Catholic Pope. And so we see things now. We've we've got uh, encyclicals that the Pope has written. He's pushing the one world agendas. He's pushing the Green New Deals. He's even said recently that uh, the entire world needs to be under the control of a one world government such as the United Nations or the um, European Union. And so these are things that he's very much in tune with. When Revelation chapter 17, we see Mystery Babylon and we see that portrayed as a woman riding upon a, a scarlet colored seven-headed, ten-horned beast. So we get a full picture in Revelation 17 and 18 of the harlot, the great harlot, Mystery Babylon. And it says that she rides on the back of this scarlet beast, this one-world government beast. And so we understand from those scriptures, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you right here in the middle of this, but I just want you to understand that this is how we put these clues together and how we know. Like Pastor Baxter said before, when you can take parts of the Bible and begin to connect it like a puzzle, you get the full picture of what the Lord wants us to see and what the Lord wants us to understand. And so having said that, when you look at those studies, you'll see the clues that are given in Revelation 17. A lot of people think that that matches the United States of America. But it doesn't. It matches the Vatican and Rome. The, the woman is a city. The city sits on seven hills. She's wrapped in uh, scarlet and purple. Scarlet and purple are the colors of the cardinals. They wear red. The bishops wear purple. She has the blood of the saints on her hands. 
the Catholic Church has has martyred many uh, Christians and saints throughout history. I mean, just go and, and look at the history of the uh, Roman Catholic Church and what they've done uh, to people who uh, printed the Bible in uh, layman's language so that the, the common man could understand um, the Bible and didn't have to depend on a priest to read the Bible to him. So all these things are clues in there. So we're seeing these spirits that we're pointing out today that are very much in the world right now. This is not something that President Joe Biden's released on the world. This is something that the Lord gave us a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, to uh, understand what's happening in our time right now. And so, folks, anytime that you want to to say, are we in the end time? The answer is yes, we are very much in the end time. Jesus told us the things to look for, and we're beginning to see those things manifest more and more every day. And so, like I talked about yesterday, now's not the time for fear, but now is the time for faith. And so we, we have to uh, continue to seek God and continue to uh, trust God and know that He's in control and He's going to take care of us. And so there, it's not time to fear, but it's time to understand what these things are really about. So when you read articles like I read at the beginning of the program, you're not afraid of what the person's saying because you know, hey, this isn't what that's talking about. Joe Biden didn't release this. He didn't cause these uh, seals to be open. This is part of God's plan. And also another thing that people have to understand too is that the book of Revelation is not written in chronological order. And so a lot of people believe that these seals have to be opened first and then the trumpets have to sound and then the vials are poured out. That's not what the Bible says. In Revelation uh, chapter 1, it tells us that John was told to write the things uh, thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things that shall be hereafter. Well, we know that he was writing in chapter 1 the things that thou hast seen in chapter 2 and 3, the things that were. Those are letters to the seven churches. And then in uh, Revelation chapter 4, we start with the things that shall be hereafter. And so from Revelation chapter 4 to 22, that's the prophetic part, the things that are going to come to pass. And so we, we have to remember these things. And so as we're looking at the seals, uh, one of the things that Pastor Baxter's always uh, tried to instill in everybody and help them understand is the seals are the long story ending with the second coming of Jesus Christ. The trumpets are a shorter story uh, ending with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the vials are a real short story ending with the second coming of Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to look at the last horse when we come back from the break. So stay with me and I'll see you on the other side. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Doug Norvell, and we are talking about the four horsemen today in the book of Revelation, chapter 6. The last horse that we're going to look at today is mentioned in verse 8. It was a pale horse. And, be, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death, and with the beast of the earth. So in this scripture, we see the word pale there. Well, we're going to understand from this next video that we're about to watch that that word pale actually is translated chloros. And uh, Pastor Baxter kind of stumbled upon this uh, in his studies and began to search this out and discovered this years ago. So I'm going to let him explain it in this next clip. I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. I pondered over this for a long time. I couldn't get it. Finally, I almost gave up because I thought, well, maybe I just need to say it's what it says. The rider on the pale horse was death. And so that's what I taught for a long time, but I was never totally comfortable. And I taught for a while with the rider's death And hell follows with him because the sooner a person dies, the less chance they have of being saved. So that must be what it means. But it never felt right. Because when you talk about Catholicism, communism, capitalism, death, didn't seem right to me. So a few years ago, I went back and I looked one more time at the scripture And it says that the horse is the pale horse. And I looked at the original Greek word for pale. It was chloros. And as soon as I saw it, I thought, chloros? That sounds like chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is what makes the plants green. Then I decided to look up chloros the number of times it was used in the New Testament. It's actually used four times there. The first time is Mark chapter 6, verse 39. It states there, and he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the chloros grass. And they translated it green. Well, then I went to Revelation 8, 7. It says there, and all the chloros grass was burnt up. And they translated it green. Then in Revelation 9, 4, it states there, 
And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any chloros thing. And they translated it green. Then I finally looked at Revelation 6, 8 about the fourth horse. And it says, and I looked and behold a chloros horse. And they translated it pale. I thought, why? Something wrong with this. So every time chloros is translated green, except Revelation 6, 8. Then I looked in Thayer's Greek dictionary. It says the meaning for chloros is green or yellowish pale green. And then in Revelation 6, 8, the new revised standard version translated it this way. I looked and there was a pale green horse. Its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed with him. They were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, famine, and pestilence, and by the wild animals of the earth. I looked, and there was a pale green horse. Its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed with him. They were given authority over a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, famine, and pestilence, and by the wild animals or bestial men of the earth. Okay, so that's how he came about to understand that this pale horse was actually supposed to be translated as green. We'll look at green in just a second, but I just wanted to mention a few things that he talked about there. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that we need to understand, a lot of people when they email us, they'll, they'll think, they'll misread this scripture and they'll think that uh, that they're going to kill one-fourth of the earth. And that's not necessarily what it's saying. What it's saying is they'll have control over a fourth of the earth. And if you look on the map and you look at the regions where Islam is in control, it is a fourth of the earth. It fits this prophecy pretty well. Uh, we saw pictures, if you're able to see the video, as uh, Pastor Baxter was talking there, we saw pictures of people who were starving in, in famine Areas Well, a lot of the areas that are Islamic are areas where there is a lot of starvation and famine going on there. Uh, so you saw the pictures. Other things that it talks about is um, that death and hell follow with them. If you think about what happens in Islam and what they do, uh, especially with the, the terrorists uh, that are associated with Islam, uh, like Hamas and some of the other terrorist organizations, uh, they strap bombs on themselves and they uh, sacrifice their lives for their cause. And, you know, they'll go on to, especially they used to. I remember years ago when I went to a conference uh, when I was a young man uh, that Pastor Baxter was having at uh, Arlington Convention Center here in Texas, and they brought one of the buses from Israel that had actually had a suicide bomber blow the bus up. And you would not have believed the carnage that uh, was in this bus just from the blast. You could see where uh, in the bus where the um, terrorist was standing, the suicide bomber that strapped bombs onto himself and blew himself up, and it blew seats apart. And so you you saw the, the roof was ripped off, the seats were pinned back, and it was all... Uh, charred in there inside this bus. It was one of the first times that I ever uh, looked at something and I realized uh, how terrorism was and how it worked because of the fact that you could see, I mean, it was just, 
these people that were killed on that bus were just traveling from one place to another, and this person gets on, blows himself up, and kills them. So um, that very much matches that as well. Um, the other thing is that the uh, their color is green. So green is the official color of Islamism. Muhammad's favorite color was green. Muslims attempt to emulate uh, Muhammad in every way. The Muslims presently control the Temple Mount. And so when you go to Israel and you go on the Temple Mount, uh, you have to be very careful there because they they are in control there and you can get in trouble if it looks like you're praying. Uh, We had a person that was on a tour with us one time when we went to the Temple Mount and this gentleman... He got down on his knees and bent down and kissed the ground. And I thought we were all in for big trouble because we had uh, some of the people that were in the Muslim waft come over and start screaming and hollering, telling him to get up. I was afraid we were all about to go to jail. But, I mean, they do control that and they watch it uh, very closely. We even had a Muslim gentleman listening to our guide who was Jewish. And as our guide began to explain to us about the history of the Temple Mount, uh, this uh, Muslim waft gentleman began to argue with our guide and it it was interesting to watch the interaction because uh, our guide was telling us about the history of the Jews there and the Islamic uh, person was telling us that the Jews had no history there so it's very interesting but uh, the wrought iron there on the temple mount uh, is painted green there's a fountain there where they go and they they wash before they go in the mosque and around that fountain is uh, fencing that is painted green. The doors on the mosque are painted green uh, there on the Temple Mount. The trim in the Muslim shops, as you go down the streets of Jerusalem, uh, they're green as well. So you know when you come into the areas uh, that there are Islamic neighborhoods and things like that because you'll see the green begin to appear. Uh, Hamas's flag is green. And uh, where they conduct the rallies, you see a a sea of green flags. They're visible throughout the city. Uh, Our hotel there in Israel, when we're at the hotel and you look over uh, from the hotel we stay in, you look over toward the Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount, and you can see the green lights at night when you sit on the balcony uh, that show you those Arab neighborhoods. So you know very well when you're in an Arab neighborhood because of the green lights that illuminate from there. The mosque can be seen on the Temple Mount illuminated uh, with green throughout Jerusalem. Uh, Green is the official color of Islam. In honor of Ramadan, which is the holiest month of Muslims, one time the entire upper portion of the Empire State Building glowed with green lights to show respect and honor to the Muslims. So everything fits together perfectly. These prophecies were written uh, in our Bible over 2,000 years ago, but we, we haven't been able to understand them until recently. Uh, you think about what Daniel was told, to close up the words of thy book, Daniel, because these words are not for you, but they're for the people of the end. And because we're here at that time, we're right here on uh, the, the crust of the end time, we're beginning to understand these prophecies like we never had before. So the rest of the prophecy says the green horse rider was death, like the suicide bombers that we talked about before. Muhammad believed in killing for a cause of uh, perpetrating uh, 
Islam to uh, continue the movement. Their theory is uh, to conform to Islam or to be killed. So there's hundreds of suicide bombers in Islam and everyone wonders what motivates these people. It's because the rider on the green horse is death and hell follows with him. Islam glorifies that. So this is what we've got to think about as we look at that. Uh, we've got to think about why the, the, the Muslims glorify death so much is because that's what the Quran teaches them. And that is that spirit that's over the people of Islam. That is the green horse rider. Uh, one Muslim said, we Muslims glorify death, but you Christians glorify life. They believe the highest honor is to be uh, achieved in dying for Allah. So talking about all this today and, and kind of wrapping things up, we have to, to understand that these four horsemen of the apocalypse are spirits that have gone out into the world. And these spirits are Catholicism, communism, capitalism, and Islamism. So when we see things, uh, you know, that we can learn from the Bible and we can understand like this, that's a good way for us to be able to teach others to show them uh, where something is incorrect in, in uh, you know, articles and in thinkings. And uh, people have the wrong idea about a lot of things. But if we can understand scriptures like this and we can understand what these things mean, then we can help others to begin to understand it as well. And so, like I said, today, this, this study that we did today, I love being able to bring Pastor Baxter in and allowing him to teach alongside of me because I think it's awesome to see him up there and, and, you know, we miss him so very much. But if you would like to see this complete lesson, it's available on End of the Age Plus. It's Lesson 6 of Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1, The Seven Seals. So if you'd like to see it for yourself, you can... Uh, become an end of the age subscriber or you can go and buy the revelation package it's available there on our website or you can call our 1-800-363-8463 number and talk to one of our operators thank you for joining me today we'll see you later have a blessed day This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.